Pitchers and catchers report in six weeks. Does that make you feel better? That's just one of those things we say to baseball fans to make them feel better in the dead of winter. So if that does that for you, enjoy. I'm not obligated to say it, but I guess it feels good. Of course, when pitchers and catchers actually do report, people will go about their business once again because there are no games but it's just another milepost along the way. And it's gonna come up faster than you think. We're gonna be down in Arizona at spring training, in fact, perhaps before spring training. And I can tell folks are antsy. They're antsy for baseball to return. They're antsy for the Giants to do something. Well, they've done something, but I wouldn't call it a big splash. And all I can say to fans right now is, well, you're gonna to have to remain antsy for a while longer. We uh, did a Twitter poll on New Year's Eve at Ray Woodson 925. And of course, Twitter polls are highly scientific, but it's one way to take the temperature of the uh, fan base without having to use a thermometer. The results, 47% said their outlook for the Giants is same old, same old. 32% said gloomy. 10% said rosy. 11% said other. Well, it was pointed out to me that gloomy and same old could be the same thing since the Giants have been bad for a, for a couple of years. But I guess that depends on who you are. I'm actually surprised as many as 10% said Rosie. Fred at Ray Woodson 925 said cha-cha bowls and a 76 and 86 record. That may be accurate. One follower, Jonathan Branch, said he replied other because he has no clue since there hasn't been a significant move. And that was probably how I would answer that poll. Uh, there will be moves that may be significant, but some will not categorize them as such. I don't think there are going to be any giant splashes, maybe some ripples, but Farhan Zaidi just got here. The Giants have given him the keys, but he's still checking under the hood of an older model car that's still not paid for. Here's the rock. Here are the Giants. Over here is the hard place. That's the bottom line for 2019. Bryce Harper is not going to come here to solve problems. He's not coming here anyway, except in a visiting team's uniform. Manny Machado. Nah, no thank you. The one thing the Giants were able to do going into 2019 is stay under the luxury tax threshold. What they could not do is trade some bad contracts, i.e. Evan Longoria, Jeff Samarja. A deal, uh, by the way, with Longoria that could get worse with the time, but I do think that he's going to have a slightly better year in 2019 for whatever that's worth. They also have contracts with no trade clauses. Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford. The Giants could trade Madison Bumgarner in the final year of his deal, but that's looking less likely this offseason. And as I've said before, there are reasons to trade him. There are reasons the Giants should seriously consider that if the right deal comes along, but there are reasons to keep him as well. While his metrics have declined, it's also true he looked great in spring training until that freak injury in his final spring start, and that put his whole season off the rails. It's tough because everyone has a different view of the player Madison Bumgarner is now and what he could be. There's an equal chance he could bounce back, have a better start to 2019, and there's an equal chance that he'll continue to show decline. He's still a pretty good pitcher, by the way. Worst case, he declines and loses trade value before the trade deadlines next summer as the Giants fall out of contention, or they stay in contention until after the trade deadlines, he declines and they get nothing for him. If I know Bumgarner, though, He's preparing like hell for 2019 and a chance to get his uh, first huge contract, albeit at age 30. Probably looked like a pretty good contract when he signed it, but he's been an incredible value for the Giants over the years. 
uh, one way or the other, those days are ending. My guess, he may get a nice raise, but not the length of contract he was hoping for. That seems to be the trend with players over 30. They're just not getting the long-term average annual value deals. There's general skepticism for most pitchers, 30 and older, and there probably should be, even those uh, with the track record that Bumgarner possesses. And no, uh, the, the likelihood is not great that they could trade him and re-sign him again next offseason. Maybe a little better than with some players, given his history with the Giants, but so many things are changing here, and he might want to be closer to home, if indeed he is dealt. Uh, the Giants could trade Brandon Belt, but he has no trade stipulations for 10 teams at all. Yes, he's had trouble staying on the field, often because of random occurrences, concussion from a beaning, appendicitis. Uh, I love his quote about that, by the way. Who gets appendicitis in the middle of the season? It's kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is, but what, what can you do? I don't, I don't know how I could uh, prevent appendicitis in the middle of a baseball season. He had a bone bruise that sidetracked a great start to 2018. I just don't see him moving. And he's the guy, again, that people see with their, their hearts, not their heads. I see him as not as great as his greatest fans make him out to be, not as bad as his detractors make him out to be. So I don't see him moving if and until Joey Bart is called up and Buster Posey catches fewer games in 2020 and plays more at first base. Maybe that happens at that point. Uh, Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford, as I mentioned, no trade clauses, could still be pillars of this team at least for a couple of more years. They're just going to lead a little more rest. And that's where the bench, the minor league system, and positional versatility for the Giants becomes very important. Why Farhan Zaidi is looking very closely at that with each roster move. He could trade veteran relievers like Tony Watson, Will Smith, and Sam Dyson to get more of that depth. And I'm sure that's under active consideration. But once again this year, the free agent marking is slow. It's developing very slowly. Some 200 players remained unsigned as of New Year's. Uh, salaries were down a tick in 2018, and teams are equally cautious so far this offseason. And as uh, Eno Saris of The Athletic mentioned to us in a podcast a few weeks ago, there's brewing labor trouble for this and for other reasons. For now, until teams sign the top available relievers, guys like Craig Kimbrell, David Robertson, Adam Adovito, uh, Zach Britton, uh, we can look at uh, trading veteran bullpen arms for prospects later this month after those guys are signed and teams that are in contention are still looking for bullpen arms. Uh, that's still very much in play for the Giants. They might get some major league ready players. They might get some players who can contribute right now, but that's the level of deal we're talking about, not a major splash. You should see that ball rolling fairly quickly on that front though. Another incentive to keep Bumgarner around, Japanese lefty Yusei Kikuchi signed with the Mariners, veteran lefty Derek Holland looking elsewhere. He says uh, the Reds have been in contact. Johnny Cueto is uh, still recovering from Tommy John surgery. And Derek Rodriguez is in his second year. He's a promising pitcher, but you never know what the second year holds for, for young pitchers. And, you know, the, Holland was the Giants' best pitcher in the second half of last year, I think. Uh, he wants to stay in the National League. He's from Newark, Ohio. So uh, the Reds are, are certainly a possibility. It looks like they're really trying hard to bolster their starting rotation. They got Alex Wood from the Dodgers and Tanner Roark from the Nationals. Kikuchi's pretty good, but with the money the Giants already have committed to their starting pitchers, uh, they would have had to view him as can't miss. And yeah, he looks like a middle rotation guy, but 
that doesn't scream can't miss. They can't find a veteran version of that for less money. Uh, or from the further development of a young arm like Andrew Suarez and Sean Anderson, yeah, then if they don't think that those are equal values or better for the Bucks, then go ahead and, and make a run at Kikuchi. But in the end, he decided to sign with Seattle. Zaidi did add a, a versatile bullpen piece in Pat Venditti. Versatile because he can throw left and he can throw right-handed, as we well know, from the time he was with the A's. But that's about it from uh, the holiday season for the Giants. Working against them in this free agent market, the ballpark, as far as hitters are concerned, and that free agents may not view the Giants as contenders, and why would they at, at the moment? Uh, from the front office point of view, 2019 ain't happening. Let me say that again. If they really had a sense of urgency that this team was on the cusp, you would see some big moves, I think. Bigger moves than we're going to see. That's reason number one that they're looking at 2019 as a, a year to uh, be in a holding pattern, not a year to contend. It just isn't happening. Sure, they'll try to make the team better, spot by spot, on the roster, and I think they can do that. They can make them a little more interesting. They can make them a little more competitive. But being on the cusp of uh, wild card contention, that looks like an uh, Inspector Gadget stretch right now. It's not a go-for-it kind of year. Working for the Giants in the free agent market, the organization carries a lot of respect around the game. Uh, some players may look at it as a last shot to play for Bruce Bochy if they admire what he's done. And the market is slow. So, so far, Zaidi's strategy of patience paying off. But we're not talking Bryce Harper. We're not talking Manny Machado. What kind of player are fans hoping for? We'll get into that coming up on Triple's Alley Report. I just want to take a moment in the new year uh, to mention Blue Wire Podcast once again, because the network keeps growing pod by pod, city by city, year by year. Well, month by month anyway. We're, we haven't got through a whole year yet. But it's amazing growth for the short time that uh, we have formed. Uh, that includes a guy who was a frequent uh, guest on my radio show over the years and who has covered the 49ers for USA Today and the Sacramento Bee. Chris Biederman now has the Candlestick Chronicles, so you can keep up with Chris in a critical offseason with the 49ers, and that's at bluewirepods.com. All right, we have a little real talk about the Giants there, and uh, if we got your daubers down, I'm sorry. Well, actually, I'm not sorry. That's just the way it is. And what's a dauber anyway? I think most fans are pretty realistic, judging by the poll uh, we had this week. And uh, we also had a little Q&A with Giants fans on Twitter. Some random stuff left over from the holidays. And question number one was, are you sad or glad to see Yasiel Puig go? Well, I got a few glads. A few don't care. And actually a few fans that are sad to see him go because they love to hate him. Like what he brought to the rivalry. And in a couple of cases, because... They would have wanted to see him on the Giants. How about that? A couple of Giants fans saying that. At least we think they're Giants fans. I'm sure Madison Bumgarner isn't sad to see him go. Or, or maybe he liked the confrontations because they ratcheted up the rivalry and the competition. I'm going to say Nick Hundley didn't dig his act. Uh, me, I love the drama. Yeah, Puig could be a fool, but he could also distract the opposition. And I know many fans don't want to hear this, but he would have been a big improvement in right field for the Giants, warts and all. Yeah, I mean, listen, if he was hitting 300 and hit 30 home runs, fans would be out there licking bats like Puig. They'd be loving it. Most of them would. There'd be a few fans who'd be tired of his act after a while, as they were with Hunter Strickland for different reasons. But there would be people licking bats. Here's a pro tip. Don't lick the bat. It's not hygienic. 
Uh, it's a matter of how the warts would play in the clubhouse, and the Dodgers just showed you what they felt about that matter. Question number two. How do you feel about the prospects of the Raiders playing in the Giants' ballpark? The Giants have confirmed they've been talking to the Raiders about the possibility of having him play this season before heading to Las Vegas. AT&T hosted Cal football when renovations were being done there at Memorial Stadium in 2011, and AT&T has hosted uh, college bowl games. Of course, that wasn't during the baseball season. City of Oakland has sued the Raiders and the NFL for alleged antitrust and breach of contract issues, but the Raiders would need the 49ers' permission to play in their territory. <laughs> How ironic is that after what the Giants and A's have been going through over the years? Uh, Levi's is not happening for the Raiders. Doesn't seem to be much interest on either side for that. Many fans don't like the idea of football games messing up the turf, and you know we've seen that with concerts already during the season. But the schedule could be worked out so that there is minimal crossover because Mark Davis doesn't like playing on a baseball field anyway at the Coliseum. Uh, they could be the road raiders for most of September. Preseason games could be played, played elsewhere. As for October, well, put it this way. If you're a Giants fan, you hope that's a problem. It'll bring in revenue for the Giants and would help pay for the new state-of-the-art scoreboard, I guess. Still a chance the Raiders could stay in Oakland, but I think for one season, you could make it work at AT&T so football doesn't do too much harm and maybe does the Giants a little good for the fans who care about the Giants making extra money. As you might expect, most Giants fans who responded to me on Twitter want nothing to do with the Raiders. They say things like, go play in Vegas. Well, there's not an NFL-ready stadium in Vegas yet, so that's not happening. Go play in London. Well, they probably will play a game in London. And football at AT&T is an odd fit. I get it. But this is your occasional reminder that the Giants and the ballpark are businesses, highly successful businesses. Some would say greedy, and that's often the same thing. But I have a feeling... A lot of fans are not going to care by October. Question number three. Outside of Harper or Machado, what bat would you like to see the Giants get? Because they're not getting Harper or Machado. Now, let me preface this by saying I know some fans think no bats are heading the Giants' way. They figure there were no bats in the stockings over the holidays. It ain't going to happen. I do think via trade or free agency, Farhan Zaidi will bring in at least one contributing regular major league-ready bat. Here are some fan suggestions. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki, just signed by the Yankees, Nick Castellanos, Marwan Gonzalez, Adam Jones, A.J. Pollock. I think the qualifying offer puts him off the table for the Giants. Uh, John Jay, he's looked like a future Giant for years. Yeah, maybe for a short-term deal. Uh, literally anyone that can make contact was one fan suggestion. That sounds good to me. Another fan suggested Estevan Florial from the Yankees for Bumgarner. But the Yankees just traded Justice Sheffield. So Florial is their top remaining prospect. I don't think they're going to deal him, too. It would take a king's ransom. Here's another angle that I thought was kind of interesting. Jason Hayward mentioned in a bad contract trade for Jeff Samarja. Well, first of all, uh, the team would have to be sure that Samarja is healthy again as he comes back from soldier, or shoulder issues, I should say. My initial reaction to Hayward is hell no. I thought that contract was ridiculous when the Cubs signed him for that much. Eight years, $184 million. His contract is longer than Samarja's. Going to 2023, he would be 33 by the time it's done. But he's 28 now. Uh, he got better last year offensively. Not saying much, but he did get better. Batting average went up. Strikeout rate dropped. Exit velocity and a hard hit percentage went up. He worked hard with Chili Davis, determined to make himself a better hitter once again. 346 batting average with two outs and runners in scoring position. And he's great defensively. And the Giants were running 100 pence out there last year. So 
For the money, it doesn't look quite as bad. At least merits consideration, if nothing else. Another fan suggested Will Myers can play multiple positions, had injuries in 2018, should bounce back in 2019, has some pop, has some speed, but I don't see the Padres trading within the division. Here's another one, Mitch Hanniger. Not bad, pretty good player. Still on the good side of 30, but it sounds like even though Jerry DePoto has been trading everybody inside, it seems, uh, he wants to build around Hanniger, and they just signed Yusei Kikuchi as well. So it's a, it's a rebuild that's in rapid progress, and it sounds like Hanniger is a big part of their future. Uh, local guy, went to Midi High School, also an alumnus of uh, Santa Clara Homestead Little League, along with my son back in the day. Obviciel Garcia, that's another one that was suggested. So, so let's break down a few of these. Uh, Castellanos, the subject of inquiries from several clubs contacting the Tigers. Final year of arbitration, coming off his best offensive year, but like Miguel Andahar with the Yankees, weak in the field, whether you're talking third base or the outfield. Although he did improve in right field in 2018, that may not be saying much. Tigers seem motivated to deal, but did the Giants have the prospects to send? Well, if you judge by the Dodgers, probably not. The reports are that the Tigers were asking the Dodgers for their top prospect, Alex Verdugo, or catcher Kbert Ruiz, and the Dodgers balked at that. So that sounds like the Tigers will be asking for a player on the level of Elliot Ramos or Joey Bart. I don't see the Giants doing that for Nick Castellanos. And 381 batting average against left-handers, a platoon-type player, that reduces his value as well. $11 million in the last year of his deal. Here's another guy to look for that I think very much fits what the Giants are trying to do. Marwin Gonzalez, switch hitter. He's a free agent, 30 years old in March, versatile, coming off a down year. So he might be a bit cheaper, but still at a 22.6% line drive rate in 2018. 301 batting average on balls in play. But other teams are interested in him as well. So it's a matter of uh, going to a contender versus a team that is in at least a semi-rebuild. Certainly the Nationals are one of the teams that have reached out to him. So that's a player you want to think on the level of, though. Marwan Gonzalez, Avisael Garcia, Derek Dietrich. Garcia, after hitting 330 in 2017, plummeted to 236 last year. Doesn't have good strike zone discipline, but he's third-year arbitration eligible. He's still just 27. Might be a, a value for the dollar for his bat. $6.7 million last year. He was non-tendered by the White Sox. They couldn't work a deal for him, but he was coming off an injury-plagued year. Arthroscopic knee surgery October 2nd. Hamstring issues. Uh, so you could say that 2018 was sort of a write-off. His hard hit rate was actually up in 2018, but he struck out 26% of the time, only walked 7% of the time. So again, not good plate discipline. But he's a big guy who can still move pretty well, was better in right field with five outs above average in 2018. So maybe for the money, a better value than Castellanos, and you won't have to give uh, pay as much uh, down the road when you're looking at $11 million for Castellanos and $6.7 million for Garcia. Last season, I could see that as at least a little more likely than Castellanos. Dietrich, well, he's versatile, has some pop, second-year arbitration eligible, getting a look from a lot of teams, likes to get hit by pitches, a lot. Modern-day Ron Hunt. 336 batting average on balls in play, so he might get uh, less success at the plate. And, you know, another guy doesn't have great plate discipline on top of that. Josh Harrison fits the mold of the versatile kind of player that uh, Farhan Zaidi would want. But here's a guy who'd be looking for a contender, I would think. The Giants were reportedly uh, one of several teams that are interested in Harrison, so 
You know, one of those guys I think is going to fall the Giants' way. The bottom line, though, is wait for the big dominoes to fall, the Harpers, Machados, Kimbrels, Adovinos, and so forth, before you see anything uh, substantive from the Giants. Here's another guy to consider, Adam Jones. Yeah, he's 33. He's on the downside. He's not going to get a big deal. Uh, he's declined. He was on a terrible team, but he was okay last year. 15 home runs, 281 average, 313 on base, but the power numbers were down. Not the same guy, but he can still hit and field some. Could you put him in a corner outfield position he could help out for a year or two? Uh, the Giants, when they were still in contention in July, did have an interest in trading for Jones, but that was before Farhan Zaidi was hired, so not sure how he feels about that. Bottom line, maybe Fred on Twitter was right. 76 and 86 in cha-cha bowls. But it's the first week of January. There's still so much more to be learned about how Zaidi operates with his team, how he looks at them, how he looks at the league. And there are several ways this team can get better by the start of the season. So they can be more interesting, maybe more successful than 2018, more competitive. Playoff contender, yeah, that's still a stretch. So happy damn New Year. 76 and 86 in cha-cha bowls. That's what we're looking at right now. But again, it is the first week of January, and there are several ways this team can improve. And it's going to be interesting to see how Zaidi views this. And fans understand he's here for a few years. So this is a build-up, if not a rebuild, in 2019. And just try to make him a little more interesting, if nothing else. Uh, again, still looks like an Inspector Gadget stretch to talk playoffs with this bunch. But a lot more moves to be made. Uh, finally, I, I just want to say thank you to, on Twitter... The handle is Just a Fan, and Just a Fan tweeted, Your podcast kept our drive back from Southern California bearable. And I'll take that as high praise, since very few things about that drive are bearable. I mean, we had to make that trip up and down I-5 during a holiday week, which means every damn vehicle in California is on the road. Uh, the grapevine, thankfully, was open. Sometimes it snowed in, but otherwise, I-5 is still a mess. I mean, between the tailgaters and the risk takers and the traffic going accordion on you and and big rigs waiting until there's traffic coming to cut in front of them in the left lane to pass a big rig in front of them i mean it's a two-lane hellscape never seen a bigger collection of idiots in my life well check that that may not be true but when there's dust or fog if you're tailgating somebody on that road yes you might be an idiot gonna go jeff foxworthy on you there and yes they need to widen i-5 this is important to me because we're going to be using it a lot this month. Unfortunately, it won't be widened in time for us as we head down to Arizona. The bottom line is everybody gets to their destinations at about the same time. You're blown by some car at 80, 85 miles an hour. Guess what? You're going to make a pit stop. You're going to get some gas. You're going to go to the rest stop. You're going to go to Anderson's Pea Soup. And that car you passed is blown by you. And then you may catch up with them again. And there's probably a two-minute difference in your travel time for the same distance. So the bottom line is don't rush on that road and everybody gets out alive. That's my little uh, slogan for 2019. Let's just get out alive. Uh, coming up next week on Triple Sally Report, we'll have a breakdown of the Hall of Fame vote, among other things. And early returns indicate Barry Bonds on the cusp, right around 74%, right near the threshold to get into the Hall. And he should be in. I've said it a million times, and I'll probably say it a million more until he gets in. So we'll have an update next week on Triple Sally Report.